This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Visit betterhelp.com slash Padilla because sometimes existing is exhausting. My name's Anthony Padilla, and today I'll be spending a day with ZHC, AKA Zach, to uncover what it's like to wear the crown of most rapidly growing art channel on the internet. How his biggest YouTube video ended up costing over $1.5 million, and the truth about his battle with an injury that almost ended his career. By the end of this video, we'll find out if entertaining his 23 million subscribers has been nothing but a positive experience, or if the 25 million views he averages per video come with struggles and hardship more cruel than anyone could ever imagine. Hello, Zach. Hey, Anthony. What's the biggest difference between your online personality and your offline personality? Trying to like grow from a small YouTuber, I, I was too scared to show like my actual self. Growing up, I was always like kind of made fun of and bullied for being so awkward. And I was like, you know what, if I put myself on here, nobody's gonna like me. So I adopted a lot of like fake personalities or at least what I thought like people wanted to see. And I think right. as I grew more and more, I was like, I kind of want to have people like me for me, not not just like what right. the, the personality they want. A lot of people see me on my videos, I'm like having fun, I'm laughing, but that's because they're my friends. Mm. When, when I'm with people that aren't my friends, and, and I guess we're friends now, so. We're friends! But when I'm with strangers or people I don't know, or if I get invited to an event, I'm very isolated and quiet, mm. and, and I still have a very hard time talking to people. Do you think some people take that as like you being cold to them? Sometimes, I, I'd say. I'm just not very good at interacting with people when, when I'm not comfortable. How long ago did you first make your channel? It was created in 2013. I don't know why I created it. I never touched it again until 2016. How old were you? You were like 14? 13 maybe. I, I actually got into um, video making in high school because we would have to make videos in our Chinese class mm. and we would have to make skits. So there are sketches that exist out there with you speaking Chinese? I... <laughs> You might have to do some. Ooh, <laughs> I, I sure hope those are private now. <laughs> there are probably some dirty jokes in there. What were your videos like in the beginning? Art tutorial videos. People really wanted to find out my drawing process, mm. so I, I started to create a couple YouTube videos, and, and that was probably the most terrifying experience of my life. Why? Just talking into camera, because because I was like so so shy. And had scared. you not talked into camera at all up to that point? Got it. Hey guys, it's Zach. This is my first YouTube video, so... I rehearsed it and redid it maybe like 20 times. Because I would replay it and I was like, I sound stupid. <laughs> that, yeah. is, that is no, not going yeah. up on the internet. Was there a moment when you realized, oh, this is a big deal? The moment I realized it had to be a full thing was when my parents were like, we're not paying rent for you anymore. Because that was the first time I got like a paycheck enough to cover my rent. They were like, you got this. And I was uh... like, okay, th th there's like no turning back right now. Even though like my dad could give me money to mm. do things, I, I think he really believed in me earning it myself. And I think that's where I got a lot of my work ethic from. Back when I was in second grade, I really wanted to buy a book. Dad, can I have $5 to buy a book? And he was like, no son, you got to earn it just like me. How did you earn it? I think I spent maybe three or four months drawing like little comic books and then I would sell it to my friends, sell it to my relatives for maybe like five or 10 cents each. And then slowly I, I earned enough to buy that $5 book. When you decided that you're gonna make this your full-time career, were you going to school at the time? In the middle of high school, I fell in love with art and I told my parents like, I'm done with school. How did they react when you told them, cool, this is now my thing? They were like, nope. But they uh, made a deal with me that if I went to one year of college, they 
they would be content. They firmly believe in me doing something I'm passionate about, but at the same time, like, it, it's not always like a steady paycheck. Can you describe what your videos are like now for people that haven't really been keeping up with what you've been doing lately? I try to mix my my love of art yeah. with philanthropy to just like help others out. I started out a long time ago just painting canvases and then I started experimenting on like phones, iPads, AirPods. That led to cars, which led to bigger things like houses <laughs> yeah. and then schools. So much of your brand, including your hair, is teal. So ever since I was a kid, I've always loved the, the like bluish greenish hue. Around middle school, I kind of cut that color out of my life because because I got very insecure about it. At school, I, I would always wear this like green uh, t-shirt. I probably bought six of them because um. I was like, okay, I'm going to get one for like every day of the week. I'm just going to keep wearing this. And then people started like kind of just picking on me a little bit and, and just hearing that really got to my head. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be like every other kid wear, wear black and white, which, which is ironic because I'm wearing that right now. <laughs> yeah. I think I was starting to come out of my shell a little bit more. I wanted to be a little more outgoing. So I started dyeing like the tips of my hair teal. I feel like after that, I kind of realized I, I didn't care what people thought about my hair appearance. Yeah. So so after that, I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna embrace it. I like the color. So I just went, went all out with it. You invest a lot of time and money into videos. What's been the most expensive video to make so far? It was so expensive, we had to get the city of LA to fund the project with us. I think just the material cost of everything there was one and a half million dollars. What was the video? We customized 117 tiny houses, and those are gonna be for unhoused people that are like, on the streets right now that are working on getting back on their feet. We thought it would be really cool to to just like bring a lot of like life and joy into it, bring the community in on yeah. it. And we finally finished uh, a couple weeks ago. Is that 1.5 million total or 1.5 for you? 1.5 million total. Our, our team out of pocket probably put around like a quarter million into it. Do you think it's going to make a return? Oh no, it's not. <laughs> Absolutely not. But I feel like that, that's one of those videos where I'm like, wow, this is like such a cool opportunity and move back in. So, so I just thought thought it would help so many people that that like the, the quarter million out of pocket really doesn't matter at that point. What's the average cost of a video that you make these days? It can range anywhere from 100,000 as like a cheaper video. That's a cheap video? Yeah. The more expensive ones are maybe like half a million. How did the videos get so large and expensive? You started off sketching comic book characters in your room by yourself with an iPhone camera, and now you're literally doing projects that cost over half a million dollars. I mean, one, one big thing was obviously inspiration from Jimmy, but, but when I started talking to like the Night Media team, they, they really showed me how to scale my projects, make things more efficient. I've always had dreams and visions for like huge videos like that, but I could never do it myself. And I feel like just as one person, there's just no way I could do all of that. It, it really requires a team. What's been your favorite video to work on so far? One definitely was when we customized a hospital. Mm. I, I think for me that was very rewarding. Just just seeing so many people that like really need money and, and like so many lives we touched. You were covering medical costs. Yeah, for, for a lot of people. We, we paid people's rent as well. Uh, there was also a lady that where, where her car broke down. She was driving many miles to the hospitals mm. and, and we just surprised her with the car. Mm. And, and I felt like that was like, 
some of the most emotion I've, I've ever felt. It changed their entire life. Yeah, and, and, and when they said that, I, I was like so close to crying so many times. And funny story, I haven't cried in like five or six years. You haven't cried in five or six no. years? I, I just cried too, like probably on the drive over here. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. From your logo design to your video concepts and thumbnails and even the tone and pacing of your videos, I kind of, I feel Mr. Beast. Is it safe to say that Mr. Beast is your biggest influence? And after I saw his stuff, it it kind of clicked with me. And, and that was like a format I saw that I, I thought would have a lot of potential for what I was doing. Everything changed when I drew Jimmy for yeah. 24 hours straight. I remember I surprised him and some of his friends with like iPhones for a video when I started giving away phones. And was then, that big for you to collab with him considering oh, it, he was, it was your biggest influence? It was huge. I was freaking out. And, and then I, I think things really started to change when I surprised him with a Tesla and that's when I met him in person. Mr. Beast was really kind to kind of like take me under his wing and show me how everything worked. The framing of the thumbnail, the font in the thumbnail, the way that the text is laid out, it's all so similar. What's your biggest reason for having thumbnails that are so simple? Th that was my idea of like what the the most ideal thumbnail was. So I tried to take it, give my own spin on it, and, and slowly I started like forming my my own like thumbnail concepts. Sometimes like I I think a thumbnail is gonna perform really good, but I need to have like multiple backup thumbnails. Do you make a backup thumbnail for every video? I have, I have many backup thumbnails, yeah. What? So like in case one flops, you immediately yeah. swap it? Yeah, each video has multiple thumbnails. Whoa. And, and if the video goes out and it performs well, then just nobody leave. just ever sees the backup. Do you ever have people that say things like, oh, you didn't actually customize a mansion, you just painted some walls. There are definitely people that, that say that, and yeah, I did paint some walls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, it's just a very expensive video of me painting walls. Have you ever had any videos that just completely flopped, that you lost a lot of money on? There have been a couple of like, big scares for me. I did a video where I commissioned artists to do my art and I paid them double or triple of what they asked. And people like loved that video. The small artists that I featured on there were like super excited. I wanted to do another follow-up video. I was like, okay, let's do 30,000. Yeah. At that point, 20,000 was already so much for me. And I was yeah. like, okay, maybe I'll do 30,000. I looked at my bank account. I was like, ooh, I have a little over 50 grand. Oh. Let, let's do one with 50 grand. So you spent all your money in your bank account on one video back then. I, I had maybe a few thousand left oh, okay. for, for for that month's rent. So you risked all your money with the hope that after you paid your next month's rent, more well, money would be coming well, back. Well, technically it was more than all my money because part of that belonged to the government because I didn't pay my taxes yet. <laughs> yeah. So you went into debt for a video. Technically, yes. Did it pay off immediately? Uh, no. <laughs> so, so I spent two days just like contemplating my life. Cause, cause, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your life. <laughs> You stuff. got really existential for a second. Yeah. It was a very emotional time for me. <laughs> I put it out and, and it just didn't do well. Like my lowest viewed video in a long time. And I was like, man, this, this hurts a lot. And then it turned into me just sitting there. I'm like, man, what am I gonna do now? I think I was able to learn from my mistake from there. Yeah.
Why do you make that face? Before we continue learning about the world of ZHD, I wanted to mention real quick that the made Padildo Chan U2's figure has finally, finally started, started shipping. shipping! And the brand new I Spent a Day With figure is now up for pre-order. So go ahead and click the link down in the description below if you want to order one or 150 and directly support this series. But ho ho, hold up, because I also wanted to thank ShipStation for sponsoring this episode. If you've ever sold a single thing online, you know shipping can be pretty frustrating and there are a ton of carriers and factors that go into figuring out the best rate for each order. ShipStation makes shipping the easy part of running your online store by offering easy to import orders from every sales channel like Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or your own website and automates almost every shipping task all from one dashboard. What I would give for this service to have existed back when Ian and I were shipping all of our merch by hand in my tiny little bedroom 15 years ago, my life would be immeasurably better. And that is a fact. Oh, and the best part about ShipStation is it works with all major carriers, international and local, and you get access to discounted rates usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies. Look at that, my sponsors are treating you like a Fortune 500 company. Use code Padilla to get a 60-day free trial. Just go to ShipStation.com, click the little microphone at the top, and enter code Padilla. And while you're here, I'd also like to thank BetterHelp for their continued partnership. Therapy has been super helpful in shaping who I am today by allowing me to have empathy for my younger self and therefore understand my current self better. But therapy can be customized to whatever is right for you and can be really useful in providing tools to help with motivation or feelings of depression, anxiety, stress, insecurity, or whatever else that you might need. BetterHelp has been continuing to improve throughout the years and screens all therapists to ensure that they have experience and that they're certified and licensed. And they provide customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your licensed therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera or even speak over the phone if that's not something that you're comfortable with. As many of you know, therapy can be expensive and the price of finding a therapist that you actually like and actually connect with can get overwhelming, which is why BetterHelp offers a more affordable alternative to in-person therapy, where you can start communicating with your licensed therapist in less than 48 hours. So thanks again to BetterHelp, who are giving I Spent a Day with viewers and listeners 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Padilla. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash Padilla. Now back to the world of ZHD. Why do you make that face? So I was just about to say that, that I learned my lesson from that video where I invested 50,000 in it. And then I thought about it and I was like, wait, the Lamborghini video came <laughs> after that. That was after I customized a couple phones, a couple AirPods, and I was like, what's next? And, and <laughs> Phones, AirPods. And then Lamborghini. Lamborghini, yeah, that's a natural progression. So I decided to buy that Lamborghini. It was maybe like 68,000. So I had like one or two employees at the time. I wanted to surprise them as like, a work car. Surprise, you're driving a Lambo to work? Funny story, nobody wanted to ride in it. Why? Because they tried it, they're like, this is too scary for me. So so <laughs> nobody ever wanted to use the work car. I'm like, surprise guys, this is your work car, you gotta use it whenever, and nobody nobody ever wanted to use it. They're like, it. this is so not practical. Yeah. Slowly as the months went on, it, the cost added up more and more. There were like engine failures, there, there were like, like engine lights that were on that couldn't be turned off, and, and I had to keep fixing it and fixing it, and then, it, it, it added up so much. I, I was paying like probably double of what I initially paid. And the one day someone decided to drive it on the highway, it broke down. It went in the shop and that's the last time we saw it for two years. A few years ago, you sustained an injury that seemed like it could end your career. Can you tell me what it was like to find out that you had carpal tunnel? There are some people that, that think I, I didn't actually get it. That, that came out like a 
funny point in my career where I, I was developing like fake personalities in a way. Mm. But, but I felt like an injury was something I would never want to like deceive someone. How it happened was I was trying to upload every single day at that time. And for some reason, I never got a mouse. Oh. I was editing the entire video on my trackpad. And before I knew it, the, the bottom of my arm started twitching. The top of my arm started twitching. And, and I went to the doctor and I found out I had a minor case of carpal tunnel at oh. the bottom. And then I had a very major case of tendonitis at the top. I started using my left hand. And since my left hand's weaker, it got tendonitis even faster than my right hand. So then before I knew it, both hands like were barely functioning. I know if I ever use a trackpad or mouse during that like couple years, like, like I would start to feel it pulling and I would be like, shoot, I need to stop. Otherwise this is gonna completely come back and just like ruin yeah. my like next few months. Ever since then, for like the last like three years or something, I've been using a joystick mouse because that, that gives your muscles like so much more control over it and you're mm. using your thumb to press, which is a much bigger muscle. I guess it's a little bit, bit hurtful that, that some people would think I, I would like use an injury for views, mm. I guess. Like in a couple skit videos, I would, I would over-exaggerate and be like, ah, oh, I have like carpal tunnel. And, uh, and, I, and I guess that mixes like reality with skits. And, and all it just sudden, makes it all seem like it's fiction. Yeah, yeah, and all of a sudden nobody knows if I'm being serious or, or if I'm just putting on a show. You were you were playing it up for some like sketch moments. Yeah, kinda. yeah. And, and, and I think that was also a big learning lesson for me after like that, that entire phase. I, I think I took a moment to really think about the content I was putting out and I was like, man, I am not proud of this. At that time I made like a lot of like adult jokes and stuff like that too. Mm -hmm. I think I even swore a couple times in the videos, which 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 now I like don't swear because like I grew up in a very religious family, so I would mm -hmm. like not swear ever. If I ever said anything like slightly bad, oh. I would have to do 10 push-ups. Oh. And and that adds up fast. You would find ways to do the thing that you thought was more like a YouTuber thing to do, yeah. like cursing in videos and stuff. Yeah, and I looked at all the the YouTubers at the time and I was like, all of them curse, so so I probably should too. So that's less you than you know. I would definitely say so. I, I think like a lot of creators, they their personality kind of like changes into like something they're not proud of as they get bigger. But, yeah. but I felt like I was able to catch it early. Yeah. Um, and, and it was very fixable. And as I got bigger, I slowly started getting more comfortable with showing my personality. Mm -hmm. And and I think that brought out like a more genuine and authentic side of me. And and I think for me, I had to go through that failure to really find out like what, what type of things I wanted to mm. put out and, and how I wanted to like like show myself. Like getting picked on in, in um, my school years really made me uncomfortable and self-conscious about that. Mm. And I think after a while, I was just like, you know what, if, if people like me, they, they like me. If, if people don't, that, that's perfectly fine. Mm. And if people think I'm like awkward and weird, you know what, that, that's like who I am. You've been in a long-term relationship, right? Uh -huh. Did that happen before or after you blew up? The way I actually met her was through a YouTube video I was filming. And I had this like great, great idea of drawing with my Tinder date. So is that the first day that you met her? Uh-huh. Wow. So, so I messaged her on Tinder yeah. and I was like, I would love to just take you out and draw with you for a date. Is it cool if, if I record it? Uh. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I started filming, we, we drew and I guess um, we, we got along quite well. That was our first date. And then yeah. afterwards, we started filming some more videos together. And then, yeah, I think at the end of the summer, I just asked her out and I decided not to go back to New York. So you were 
obviously super recognizable. You get recognized all the time. When I go out to big public spaces, yeah, I think a lot of the times people are a little bit shy to come up, but what I've realized is once one person comes up, oh, yeah. everyone comes up. Yeah. What's been your most bizarre fan experience? A fan saw me walk up the stairs to my apartment. He knocked on my door, I opened it. He's like, are, are you crazy? Are you yeah. and, and I was like, yes. And then tears everywhere, just, just like started bawling uncontrollably and right in front of my door. As the awkward person that I am, I, I just didn't know how to respond. So I stood there for maybe like a minute or two. You just watched him crying? Yeah, I was just like, don't cry, don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> You're like. Yeah, then I just stood there as he like composed himself yeah. and I just didn't know how to react to it. And yeah. then soon after that, once one fan started coming up, uh, kids started like ding dong ditching my door and it was the most annoying thing ever. I was like in the middle of filming and then it's like ding and then I hear like dun, 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 and then they're like <laughs> Back when I was doing Smosh videos all the time in this one specific house, people had found our address because they had seen like the cross streets in the background of a shot and we started getting a ton of that too. People would come up, ring the doorbell, run away and it was horrifying. There was one time where there was like literally a zombie horde of people outside oh, and I remember just huddling up in the corner with Ian, we're like, are they gone? Are they gone? And it was like, ding dong, ding dong. And we're like, okay, just like, be calm, be calm. Everything's cool. We're not gonna have to like call the police or anything. They're not gonna come in through the windows. Eventually they went away, but it was terrifying. Like, I have no idea what these people have in mind. Do they like me? Do they oh, hate man. me? I don't know. Kids started camping out at my doorstep. Like Camping? Yeah, like middle schoolers. They would just camp out at my doorstep. And and when when I walked down, they're like, oh my goodness, you're Zach. And I was like, have you been here the whole time? They're like, we, we had like, no oh, idea you lived here. sleeping on this port. So I obviously knew they were lying. And then it, it got kind of annoying because each time I came out, everyone like swarmed around me. Yeah. So, so I uh, DM'd one of the kids. I was like, tell all your friends, if you guys keep coming to my house, none of you guys will ever win an iPhone from me. <laughs> Yeah. yeah then, That's all it took. Yeah, and then next day, problem solved. <laughs> nobody was there anymore. How many hours a week do you work? When I worked solo and I did everything myself, I would probably work 100 to 110 hours a week. How many hours a week do you work now? I'd say like 80 hours. So, so definitely like cranked down a bit. You're just coasting, man. Just 80 <laughs> hours a week. Well, I guess for, for me, work doesn't seem like work. Cause, yeah. Because when I'm filming, I'm hanging out with my friends. When True. I'm drawing, I'm drawing. So I still work a lot because I love working. I feel like I'm a little bit of a workaholic, but, yeah. but, but I kind of force myself to take uh, little breaks here and there so so I can recover. How do you prevent burnout? A lot of people think of burnout as like losing motivation, not feeling like working. For, for me, yeah. I feel like mentally I'm very strong. So I've never experienced that part where I didn't mm. know what my goals were. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, mm. but my body gives out because I put my Health myself last. through too much. Yeah, <laughs> but like if I'm not sleeping right, I'm not eating right, my, my body's failing. So so I have big goals and yeah. I keep trying to achieve those goals, but my body can't keep up. Yeah, you think that you want to go like go, 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 yeah. don't stop. But if you take some breaks for yourself, then you actually will be more likely to be you know, well-rested and create a good yeah. product. But sometimes I, I just need to like completely clear my head, recover a bit and, and know that like long-term th th this will really help me. You've been a shining example of, you know, going against the popular idea that an artist is always going to be a starving artist. If there's anyone watching who, you know, is inspired by you, wants to do what you're doing, turn their artistic career into something that's wildly successful like you, is there any advice that you want to give them? It can be any form of art. It can be anything you're really passionate about. And just just go with that, because I feel like if, if you can find a way to do what you love, 
and make an impact. Like I think it will help you long-term from burning out and, and just getting tired of what you're doing. Focus more on doing what you love rather than looking at it as this needs to be successful, this needs to get views. That's how I always saw things, especially near the beginning. I was like, you know what? I don't care if I'm like completely broke or, or anything. I just want to do art. And after um, exploring YouTube, yeah. YouTube as well, I just want to do those like all the time because because I liked it so much. All right, you got five seconds to shout out or promote anything you want directly into camera. Go. Anthony was so nice to have me on, so subscribe to his channel right now. You me, better turn those notifications me, on, like the video, no, share you, the video, better, comment better, on the video. You better go subscribe to ZHC right now and turn on notifications, hit that bell. I don't know if you know it, but if you click the bell, it makes it noise. After you subscribe to Anthony. Well, there you have it. I spent a day with ZHC or Zach and I feel like I understand how much time and energy, not to mention analytical perspective that was required to achieve the ludicrous amounts of success that Zach has experienced. And how tempting it can be to change your entire persona at school or on YouTube to fit in. And I find Zach's dedication to defying all odds and turning his passion for art into something that makes a positive impact on so many people all while growing more confident in his own skin, absolutely inspiring. I told my little sister, hey, if you ever want this and you get a class project, I will set aside 50 grand. I will produce it for you. 50 grand for a class yeah, project? Yeah. I'll bring in crew, I'll like produce it for you. We'll, we'll, we'll like get writers, we'll, we'll make it like the best Chinese video project that has ever been made <laughs> with a high schooler. That's like more than like most people's first short films. Yeah. <laughs> I would do that for her just cause that's like where it's, it really started my, my love for making videos. Joy, if you are watching this, please take your brother Zach up on the offer. I want to see the most expensive high school project of all time come to life. And, and, and we won't do the dirty jokes this no, time no around. No dirty jokes anymore. Yeah. <laughs> We're woke now. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, podcast listeners, this message is specifically for you. So open up your ear holes real wide because I just wanted to say how much we appreciate all the comments and feedback that you guys are giving on the show, the ratings that you guys are leaving on Apple, and just, just how much excitement I feel from all of you about this series. So we'd really love to learn more about you and what you're into and use that to make more creative choices about the show and the types of sponsors that we cover. And in order to do that, we'd really appreciate if you could take just a couple minutes to fill out a quick survey. So I'll go ahead and leave a link down in the description of this episode, or you can visit bit.ly slash Padilla Feedback. And if you don't know how to spell Padilla by now, that's bit.ly slash P-A-D-I-L-L-A Feedback. Thank you all so much.